The exciting world of rail travel is discussed by Chris Sko of traintrips.biz, Chris and Jerry. Topics discussed include the history of rail travel, train tours, train tips, train vacations, and luxury private rail trips. If you've ever wanted to travel by rail, this is the program to listen to as Chris goes into great and exciting detail on what it is like, types of rail cars used, difference between train tours, trips and vacations, and numerous other topics. Welcome to the Travel Advice Show. Thank you for listening all around the world. And I'm Chris Newton, one of the co-hosts. And I'd like to introduce my other co-host, Jerry Fuller. How you doing, Jerry? Fantastic. Oh, wonderful. Well, hey, would you like to introduce our great guest today in our show? I'm really excited about the show today and like to introduce our guest, Jerry. I would love to. Today we have Chris Scow with Trains and Travel Unlimited which has, well, I'll let him tell you about it. I have been most impressed with this company for years. Uh, Chris, welcome to our show. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's nice being uh, invited on board, and um, um, I, uh, I do enjoy what I do, and, and all my staff, are, we're just all kind of railroad lovers, so <laughs> That's great. Um, we, uh, we, we do it more as our passion and a hobby, and, and maybe that's why we're able to pull off what we do uh, over the years. That's awesome. Could yeah. you tell us a little bit, a bit about your background? Because I uh, well, certainly sure. am impressed because nobody else could do the company better. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a professional railroader. Um, I, uh, I worked for the railroad for 26 years as a conductor. Oh. Um, based... Um, um, in the Feather River Canyon, uh, and running uh, running trains between um, the uh, little town called Portola um, up in the Feather River Canyon, uh, north of Lake Tahoe, and uh, I ran trains west to the San Francisco Bay Area and east out to Salt Lake City, Utah, um, and uh, almost every place in between and uh, uh, so my passion has always been trained this has kind of all fell into a very uh, unique opportunity to start a tour company that uh, that basically caters to people who love trains well I know I've been most impressed because some of your trips are for rail fans and I tell about a little on your unique train trips, the ones with the steam-driven, the narrow gauge, etc., worldwide. Yeah, we uh, we do have different uh, categories of trips. Um, the when we started the company, when I started the company back in 1984, the main focus was giving experiences to rail buffs or rail fans, rail enthusiasts, an opportunity to see what I've experienced in my travels 
and uh, join me on a grand trip of a lifetime to another country. And uh, so we based our company on the rail fan, hardcore enthusiast type of trip. And then as we evolved, we um, uh, branched out and started offering more of a laid-back itinerary for people who love trains and they love to ride trains, but they're not really the hardcore enthusiast. And so they want a tour itinerary that will include both uh, some sightseeing, some tourist activity, a lot of train rides, and a little bit of, of, of rail fanning on the side. And so we, we were quite successful on developing that uh, type of tour. And so our two mainstays are, well, really, we have three different tours that are, are big sellers. We have the rail fan tour. We have the tourist and a little bit of railroads tour, and then uh, we have uh, we have a new tour that we've been oh about the last ten years or so. We have been running private railroad car tours uh, with luxurious private charter railroad cars that are owned by private individuals across the country. So those are our three main uh, uh, types of tours that we run now. I know the one thing that I really enjoy about them is you take time to have photo ops. Could you explain your photo ops and what you do when they have the photo ops? Well, the photo ops are are mainly um, performed on the rail fan tours and rail enthusiasts outings and charters and uh, that's when uh, we will we may not get we may not get the train uh, more than 50 miles down the railroad for the whole darn day in in 12 hours but we will make many many stops um, at scenic locations on a curve or coming out a tunnel or over a bridge where we uh, stop the train and we unload all the passengers, and then we back the train uh, <laughs> back around uh, around the next corner, and uh, then uh, the train and the engineer uh, brings the train at full speed past the group uh, with um, uh, either horn or whistle, steam, smoke, and the whole the whole nine yards barreling past the group so that these photographers can uh, photograph and capture the the whole the whole scene as though it was uh, uh, as though you're going back a hundred years in time. Mm. Well, one thing I really enjoy about your itineraries is you actually, in many many cases, give the train car numbers, etc. Oh, well, How did you develop that? Okay, there uh, car numbers. That's that is another very elite group of railroad enthusiasts, and and it's called uh, uh, car spotting, and 
these folks, um, I, I'm going to want to say that this is really big in the UK yeah, and right. England. I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, like train spotting or car spotting. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. England, and yeah. they actually have, and I believe this is where this whole um, different twist of the hobby developed is in the UK. And it is now, uh, yes, it's spread all over the world. And they actually, a, a train spotter, rel enthusiast, can actually purchase booklets really? that are printed with any particular railroad with every locomotive number that the railroad ever had on the roster. Really? And wow. then... The idea is to try to go out and spot these engines, and then you check them <laughs> off on your list that, hey, I saw that engine. Just like a bird watcher. A bird. <laughs> I guess you could say yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we do get, uh, since we are an international company and we do, uh, we do attract, Europeans and, and Australians and New Zealanders and Japanese and and all over the world, the this idea of, of train spotting and number spotting is is starting to show up um, in some of our tour groups and in our clientele, and uh, they'll bring you know they'll bring specially printed books for that particular railroad with all the numbers of every piece of rolling equipment and rolling stock that the railroad ever owned. And so they they see, if, uh, I guess, in their lifetime if they can fill the book up. So that is one of the reasons that they chose that particular tour, do you think? Well, I, I, would, I would lean more towards the fact that they, they picked the tour because... It uh, it's something they it's a it's a railroad line they've never been on yet. It, it's uh, it's something exciting, and it's a new experience for them. And that my feeling is that the train spotting thing just kind of tags along as a secondary event uh, for those people that do train spotting. I know you have one for 2016, and you've had it many years, the California Zephyr from L.A. to Oakland, and well, is, is, is that a good seller? The reason I'm asking, I only saw a very few, because I w I'm going to do it, and when I saw it last week, I have about six or seven friends, and I haven't asked Chris Newton and his wife yet, but I think, um, I think we're going to have probably ten people that will be calling you in the next couple of weeks to book one of them. Great. Yeah. Well, um, here, here's the yeah. Here is the here is the information on the uh, Los Angeles to Oakland or vice versa, Oakland to Los Angeles. These are all what we call positioning moves. Ah, uh -huh. and a positioning move means that the private railroad cars, in this case. These are former California Zephyr railroad cars that originally were on the uh, inaugural runs of the Zephyr back in 1949. 
and they ran their life through uh, running between Chicago and, and Oakland, and uh, then uh, that train was uh, actually, that train made its last run on March 22, 1970. And uh, the cars were then handed over to Amtrak, which Amtrak took over uh, the National Railroad Passenger Service on May 1, 1972. Mm -hmm. And these cars became part of the Amtrak fleet of, of a uh, hosh-posh fleet of ragtag cars that were at that time worn out and uh, came from different railroads all across the country. Amtrak uh, attempted to put train sets together that would have several different cars from different railroads, different passenger trains, different color schemes. It was... uh, Actually, for the rail fan photographer, it was a very colorful time in the history of American passenger trains because even the locomotives, the diesels, were uh, hand-me-downs from other railroads from other railroads all over the uh, the country. So th- there was very few engines that were painted Amtrak. They would. Uh, they would have colorful locomotives pulling colorful trains with different color schemes, different locomotive models. And until Amtrak was able to uh, take delivery of their new train equipment and locomotives, this was a very colorful time for the rail enthusiasts to go out and take pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, as the as the new equipment for Amtrak slowly was uh, being delivered in the uh, 1980s and 1990s, the older equipment was being auctioned off and retired, and a number of uh, railroad enthusiasts stepped forward and placed bids on these uh, worn-out passenger cars, which needed a lot of work. And the idea was to uh, uh, rebuild the cars and put them back into service as luxury cars, uh, kind of a blast from the past. Um, experience where uh, you step aboard these cars and it'll take you back to the original decor, the original furnishings, the original paint schemes, all the all the equipment inside is original. Um, so it's really giving the 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 passenger that wants to book on these trips the experience of riding that particular train back in the 1940s and 50s, way before Amtrak even became uh, a company. Well, I know that's what got me excited because I've actually been, I don't know that specific car that you show pictures of, the Dome, um, Uh but I've been on the Dome cars of the California Zephyr back in the 50s. It could very, yeah, it could very well be that uh, uh, that the uh, 
cars that uh, we use on the uh, positioning moves up the California coast, uh, you could have very well uh, have ridden on the uh, on these cars uh, back in the day of the 1950s uh, when the uh, California Zephyr was still a, uh, a very uh, up-and-coming train and, and uh, still had uh, a lot of life left in it. I know. Can we talk a minute about some of your European uh, train trips? I know you have one to the Balkans that is, sounds magnificent. Could you talk about that one for a moment? Well, the um, like the, I know you have a couple. Uh, yeah, we uh, do have we have several, and I will say that these um, uh, some of these trips, like the Balkan Odyssey. Uh, has two departures, uh, one on June 1 and one June 4, um, and then the Balkan Explorer, which is June 9. Those trips are actually operated by a company in the UK that we have worked with, uh, worked very closely with for many years, and uh, we uh, we sell their product here in the United States, and uh, they pretty much have the uh, uh, the European market uh, uh, wrapped up. Uh, but they have a passenger train and uh, a steam locomotive uh, that was from the uh, railroads of Russia, and. Uh, when uh, the equipment was surplus, um, th- this particular uh, company purchased an entire train set um, and had it totally rebuilt from the ground up. And uh, this this new luxury train, which I would put it in the same category as the Orient Express. It is luxury from the get-go. This train uh, first started operating uh, as a custom charter luxury train uh, on the Trans-Siberian Express route. Mm. And uh, on several departures, uh, the uh, company would put their steam locomotive on it, which was a Russian uh, steam engine that was purchased by the company from the U.K. And uh, as special occasions, they would have uh, steam pull the uh, their train all the way across the Trans-Siberian route. Wow. And uh, yeah, and they dubbed their train uh, the Golden Eagle Trans-Siberian Express. And um, they they, they're very uh, they're very precise in wanting to be sure that everyone understands that uh, when they hear Golden Eagle Trans-Siberian Express, that's the private luxury charter train that operates um, on the Trans-Siberian route, um, and not the regular Russian train, which there's no comparison. And I've been on that Russian one uh, 
twice, once from Moscow to Vladivostok and once from Vladivostok to uh, Moscow. Uh-huh. And even soft class, which is their first class, it's quite an ordeal. Spend about <laughs> eight <quiet>. days. <laughs> and you definitely yes. want Golden Eagle, let me tell you. Because you yeah, go eight days without a bath. Exactly. It's <laughs> quite an ordeal. And, and uh, the, the Golden Eagle uh, has uh, in-suite showers oh, and... Nice. Uh, uh, g- gourmet food and 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 uh, wow, they got they got uh, your own private TV in every oh, really? uh, <laughs> every <laughs> every bedroom and yeah, there's no comparison. Well, hey, I know. Yeah. Well, I, when you mentioned gourmet food, I know about the sixth or seventh day on the Russian Trans-Siberian. Their restaurant car, the floors are filthy. There's no more food. <laughs> Unbelievable experience, well, wonderful right. experience. But no, this would make yeah. it a great experience. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, fast forward to um, uh, actually last year, uh, the uh, the company in the UK uh, started to uh, branch out and use their train. In fact, they have another train set. And uh, they really keep these train sets rolling because uh, now they have brought one of the train sets over to the Balkan states, and they're using uh, that train set uh, to handle such tours as the uh, Balkan Odyssey in June and then uh, the Balkan Explorer also in June. Um, they have other uh, Eastern European uh, excursions, such as uh, the Central Europe and Trans uh, uh, Transylvania uh, excursion, um, and uh, they have another one called the Treasures of Eastern Europe uh, in July. So uh, when they have, when they take one of the train sets and run it into the Eastern Europe uh, countries and the Balkan states, uh, they want to, of course, utilize it um, as much as possible. So they uh, they add in, uh, pack in uh, a number of tours uh, for June and July. And then after that train is finished with its assignments, then it'll be sent back to Moscow and uh, will be uh, used for uh, other additional uh, assignments that will come up later in the year, Um, such as uh, the uh, Trans-Siberian trip. Uh, they have another one called the Golden Eagle Trans-Mongolian Express that goes from Moscow to Mongolia. Hmm. Um, they uh, Additionally, they have the uh, Silk Road trip. Uh, this is probably the ultimate adventure that you could take on a, on a train. And uh, how long does that take? Well, uh, the uh, the Silk Road trip start. Uh, the, there's several departures in September and October, and uh, they have uh, the full tour, which is the Silk Road, and then they have another one that's called a Taste 
of the Silk Road where you only go partially. But uh, this is a trip running from <laughs> Moscow all the way to Beijing, China. Jeez. To the Silk Road? Wow. Silk, um, Road? Silk Road. The Silk oh, my Road. word. What is that, about a month? Uh, not quite that bad. Let's see here. Uh, the uh, uh, it's it's roughly three weeks, twenty one days, uh, mm. from Moscow to Beijing. Um, it runs That's first. First, it runs. Yeah, at first it runs eastbound, um, and uh, uh, then they turn it around and run it westbound back to uh, Moscow. Um, now, one thing here, uh, and they are using their Golden Eagle train, but here, here's the interesting thing, um, and I get a lot of clients asking this question, and they can't quite figure it out, uh, <laughs> and I'll have to explain to them that at the Russia-Chinese border, the Golden Eagle does not go into China. Because of the tracks? Because of the tracks, right. different, different, uh, different tracks, different system. Uh, the Chinese provide a very luxurious train, and I'll explain here in a moment about that one, uh, that meets this group, meets the Golden Eagle at the Russian-Chinese border. You cross the border and then reboard on the Chinese train and continue to Beijing. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, how they work their schedule, um, uh, the border is kind of the crossing point from the tour coming from Beijing and going to Moscow and the tour coming from Moscow and going to Beijing. They all meet oh. right at the border. Wow. So consequently, good. you're utilizing both trains. Um, uh, uh, the Golden Eagle has a group going from Moscow to the Chinese border, while the Chinese train has a group going from Beijing to the Russian border, and then at the border, they just, groups just swap trains and they continue on their merry way. Wow, wow. Brilliant. Uh, but the Chinese train is, is really quite interesting. Um, uh, China's not noted for having luxurious trains. Amen. And uh, they have some pretty uh, uh, rough uh, riding and uh, hard, hard experience with hard class. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're going to get a sleeper, uh, you know, you have the option of going uh, soft class or hard class. And when, when my clients, uh, when we used to run just nothing but Chinese tours, and we had to use the regular Chinese trains, uh, <laughs> nothing in the world will more scare an American away than, than he hears that he has a confirmed space on the sleeper in hard class. 
Oh no! Oh my gosh! That, <laughs> oh. that just that just sends off alarm bells. Uh, I, I hard class, relate. <laughs> yeah, you have hard class and soft class. Well, uh, fast forward to a, a few years ago, uh, the company uh, in the UK that owns the Golden Eagle, they. Uh, were after the Chinese government to allow them to use the one Chinese train set that no one ever hears about. This is the VIP train. Mm. This train is only used for VIPs, government officials, uh, anytime the Chinese want to wine and dine foreign uh, uh, government officials and dignitaries. Mm. And this train, for many years, was only used for that purpose. Well, uh, the U.K. company, over the uh, couple years of... Uh, uh, trying to get the Chinese to allow the VIP train to be put into tourist service and make some money. And that's how the U.K. company, uh, the Golden Eagle owners, that's how they uh, really got to the Chinese, mm. is they used the uh, argument that folks... Beijing, your train is sitting empty for most of the year. It's a very expensive piece of equipment. Why not put it in service for custom tours and allow it to make money? And the the uh, it worked, and the Chinese um, finally uh, allowed. Uh, their VIP luxury train to be used, and so uh, now it's uh, quite common. Um, uh, I know some other companies are using the uh, the VIP train um, in China, uh, but um, um, the owners of the Golden Eagle um, they. Uh, they use it once a year for their uh, uh, for their Silk Road excursion, and uh, we have we did do a, a joint venture with them uh, where we uh, we helped them uh, uh, take this VIP train and we actually uh, ran it to Tibet um, uh, a few years ago and. Uh, it it was a successful trip, but uh, there were a lot of political hurdles to overcome, as you can imagine. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Tibet and China are not exactly on <laughs> the best of terms. Uh, China, of course, wanting to rule Tibet and Tibet wanting to be independent. Um, so it, it only ran uh, one time and, and uh, was never run again. 
but it was a very successful trip, and we helped uh, sell out the trip. It was totally sold out both ways, wow. Beijing to Laza, uh, Tibet, and Laza back to Beijing. Um, so it, it was a good money maker, but the political hurdles to keep it going were just mm-hmm. unreal, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't worth the hassle. Um, uh, to uh, keep this going every year. Let me ask you a quick question. Uh, do you ever have any first-time rail travelers take your trips? Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> not very many. <laughs> um, most of our most of our travelers are well seasoned, um, but you know, occasionally. The let's say the rail enthusiast will bring along his wife, which hasn't been on something like this, and um, uh, we will sometimes pick up on that and kind of uh, uh, give her a bad time and and, <laughs> and and joke with her and everything. And after two or three days, we'll say, "Well, do you get?" You get what's going on now, and um, they're always really good sports. But uh, it's very rare that we get a, a first-time traveler. Um, and, and again, um, it's usually the wife that's being kind of tugged along uh, to experience this, where the husband wants to... Uh, let his wife know, hey, you know, this is what my hobby's all about, dear. <laughs> right. Was there anything, Chris, that you would like to add um, for our listeners to understand? Well, I think you've covered about everything, but anything specific well, you'd like to well, mention that's important? There's, um, uh, going back here, your initial question uh, on the uh, California Zephyr cars uh, running between uh, the Bay Area and uh, Oakland and vice, or excuse me, Oakland, Los Angeles, and vice versa. Uh, uh, when I had said positioning moves, um, and, and many people don't understand what that is, uh, a positioning move is when you have the Zephyr cars that need to be transported from any point, let's say point A to point B, to be in position for a custom charter. Mm. The custom charter is not on my website because it's not available to the public. It's a private charter. And so these Railroad cars have to be positioned from, let's say, Los Angeles to Oakland or vice versa. And so the last few years, we have been selling tickets on a positioning move. And the passenger, it's a win-win for them. Really, it's a win-win for everybody because... The cars would normally have gone empty, mm-hmm. but they have to get to Oakland. So we have taken the 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 uh, the attitude a few years ago of why not put passengers on them and sell a ticket 
that is very inexpensive, but they still get all the service, all of the luxury, all of the gourmet meals, the open bar, the dome experience, the whole nine yards, and they get it at a very attractive price. I know you can't afford to stay home. I think it's two seventy nine. That right? Um, yeah, I was just yes, two seventy nine. Wow. Now, so two seventy nine is going to bring you not only a wonderful fourteen or fifteen hour train journey between Los Angeles and Oakland. Hey, take any airline that you're on the airline for 14 hours. See if you can find a fare for 279. I know. That. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. you're going to get not only the 14, 15 hour train journey in a dome car. You're guaranteed a dome seat. We don't sell any more tickets than there is dome seats. So mm. everyone is guaranteed a dome seat. So you're going to get the train ride. You're going to get free gourmet meals because that trip either leaves Oakland southbound or Los Angeles northbound in the morning, travels daylight all the way up or down the California coast, including hundreds of miles on the California Pacific Ocean. And so you're going to get breakfast, lunch, and dinner served right in your dome sheet, prepared fresh on board by our gourmet chef, served with real custom-marked railroad china, mm. crystal, real linens. The linens are still marked with the California Zephyr logo. These are really? real original linens that are put on the tables. Wow. You will receive an open bar for unlimited drinks for the entire trip, like some people that like to drink. Two seventy nine. That 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 covers My Lord, your that booze, is, right? <laughs> I mean, Fourteen hours of drinking is way over that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds like um, a pretty great trip. Yeah. So yeah. it's a huge bargain, and it helps recover the uh, the move uh, that we have to pay Amtrak to move the cars because the cars are attached to the rear yeah. of Amtrak's Coast Starlight. And uh, so it helps recover the uh, the deadheading costs, and people get a wonderful full day excursion for a fantastic price. Mm-hmm. So that's what a positioning move is. Okay. Uh, we do have on our website. We do have other um, other excursions that are uh, that. We use the California Zephyr railroad cars, but these are full excursions that um, are anywhere from uh, three to four days to a week. Uh, They go to different uh, locations in the West, 
um, and uh, they're not considered a positioning move. So when you hear the word positioning move, you know on our website you're going to get a, a, a really great time for the day at, at a good price. Well, Chris, we want to thank you extremely much for being our guest. I, I've learned a lot about uh, rail travel. Yeah. Um, you before can, we go, uh, <clears throat> yeah, sorry? You, 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 can, uh, uh, you can take a look at our website, um, uh, which is um, at uh, uh, traintrips.biz, and uh, just click on 2016, uh, the tab for 2016 tours, and uh, we're still... Uh, Actually, we still don't have all of the uh, 2016 up yet. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, uh, there's a few stragglers here which uh, <laughs> uh, you don't know about and you don't see on the website yet. And they include, and they will be going up uh, any day now. Uh, the webmaster's working on them, but they include um, a train trip through. Bulgaria and Romania um, with steam locomotives. Uh, they include a uh, two-week trip through Portugal, and they also include um, a 12-day trip to Cuba. Really? And uh, using Cuba, the Cuban trains? Uh, yes. Uh, the it's we have done we have done nine tours to Cuba now since two thousand and one. Really, oh, wow. these are legal U.S. government approved tours under U.S. government license, and uh, they've been very successful. But um, this tour here, uh, we are scheduling it for September of 2016. Um, and we are now going to, we are assuming that by September of 2016, all travel restrictions will have been lifted between the United States and Cuba. Um, uh, with uh, with the way things are going here, with uh, embassies now open in both countries, and easing tensions, uh, that we won't have to run the September 2016 tour under license by the U.S. government. This would be the first tour that would be totally uh, void of any U.S. government restrictions and licensing and and uh, we have to follow uh, a very rigid itinerary if it's under u.s government control so we're kind of keeping our fingers crossed that this one will be the first one that won't be under uh, the very rigid uh, guidelines uh, from washington so, again, so, so yeah. again chris thanks so very much you're, yeah. you're very welcome. Chris, it was great to have you on the show, and I, I learned a lot. I can't believe how many trains are converted, you know what I mean? Like old trains converted into, you know, current trains right now. I had no idea. You, you, mean, the, yeah. you mean the private railroad cars? Yeah, the pri yeah, yeah, that's well, fascinating. Yeah. And one, one thing I didn't mention is that 
there is at least 200 private railroad cars scattered here in the United States oh that are original cars from the original streamliners of the 1940s, 1950s, and have been purchased by private individuals, have been rebuilt from the ground up, of which they put over a million dollars into a car wow. to rebuild them and get them certified for uh, Amtrak service. And uh, so it, it's a very big, uh, yeah. it, it, it's a huge hobby and uh, yeah. uh, a lot of passion out there for these private railroad cars. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thanks again, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to our show from all around the world. We really appreciate that, and we'd like to uh, give a shout out. Uh, thank you to Stephen Pratt for helping compose the music, the wonderful intro and the ending of the show. And I also like to uh, say thank you to James Steed uh, for helping with the website and audio information, and also Nate Scholes um, about uh, getting us on the right track and helping us on the podcast on Travel Advice Show. Um, so thank you so much, and uh, enjoy all your travels around the world. <laughs>